Shut up and sit down. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to a very special St. Patrick's Day episode of Third Shift. This is episode 34, if you can believe it. I'm your host, Patio Furniture. With me, as always, me best mate, boy me side through thick and thin. You know him well. The man, the myth, the leprechaun, Captain Sparkles. Captain, how's this week been treating you? Oi, this week has been treating me very well, Mr. Matt. Oh, Ah, oh, Spartacus is always here to do a thing for you, eh? <laughs> Perfect. Yes. There that's exactly what I wanted. There, yes. I gave it to you. <laughs> Everybody in Great Britain just turned the podcast off right yep. there. Click, gone. Promise that. <laughs> Damn Americans. Yep, exactly. Well, this week's been pretty good. I had a birthday. I turned a year older. One year closer to death. Yeah, it's pretty good. I enjoy that mm-hmm. pack. Well, well, it's good stuff. Went mm-hmm. to my favorite restaurant. Played some video games this week. Bought the Nintendo Switch, as I've already mentioned, I was going to do, but it, you know, is officially here and in playable mm-hmm. condition. Got Zelda on a little bit. Other than that, it's been pretty darn. I'm pointing, at, I'm pointing at him right now. Oh, What's I know Zelda what you're taste doing. Taste like? I know. What's it taste like? I didn't lick it yet. You son of a. Bitch. I didn't lick it yet. Oh, I'm Failure. such a bad human being. Go upstairs right now and go get it. I don't, I don't, okay, I don't care. I'm uh, just don't. leave it. I'll, I'll wait. No, we're good. We'll figure out next week. We'll know. Shh. You're not gonna remember. <laughs> no, I won't. So my week was pretty darn good. Pretty boring. Pretty average. Nothing too special. However, tomorrow we got ourselves a fantastic day ahead of us. Lots oh, yes. of beers to be had. A day with friends and laughing and merriment to celebrate the old St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. What about you, man? What happened this week? Anything? Uh, as far as real life, absolutely nothing happened that I can recall, so that means it was a boring week. But as usual in video game life, everything was rainbows and butterflies and magic because I've been playing Yakuza all the frickin' time. Oh, one thing we did do, we played with our buddy Sean on Sunday, and we got vicious, vicious revenge on that frickin' married couple. Oh, we beat the right. snot out of them. Yeah, yeah we people did. whose names I was going to write down and I totally forgot. Screw you guys. <laughs> I got my buddy Eric and my buddy Sean and his buddy Don at home and then some rando. And we kicked the crap out of you guys. Uh! Yes, we did. We got our revenge. Yes, I remember oh, yes. now. It all comes back to me. <laughs> it was glorious. It was glorious. <laughs> oh, But other than that, been playing Yakuza nonstop. Uh, not going to get into it too much, but I just finally beat one of the like the money making side games for one of the characters, and you know put in all this time and effort to do that. But then it unlocks all these blocked off areas of the skill trees. I've unlocked a fourth skill tree to go down with stuff to buff up all your combat styles even more. So it's just it's just like raining good things down in my face. Oh, it's so good, so fun. I love it. Sounds fun. I'm I'm gonna predict about like 170 more hours till I'm done with that game. So get get used to hearing me say, "Oh, dude, I played Yakuza a lot this week." Man, get used to that. Look at you, hardcore Johnny over here. Oh, I just I just can't resist it. I'm just like I said, I'm just eating it up with both hands, man. Oh, good, good. Tell Persona Five anyway. 
well, it, it might have to wait till I finish it up because I'm not going to leave you because it's just sitting by the wayside. There you go. That's dedication. I like it. That's right. Way to be stalwart. Mm. That's right. Also, another fun thing we did this week was our Alani deep dive, and everybody loves it and said that we are the best strategizers and all of our opinions are right. Isn't that mm-hmm. what happened, Eric? Oh, That's... it was. Yep. Nope. Everybody was in agreement. It's pretty cool. I was glad everybody <laughs> agreed and liked it. Um, uh-huh. Give a shout out to old Joe's O's and Cochran. I'm glad you guys really liked it, man. <laughs> uh, can't wait to get the next one done. And, uh, you know. We'll enjoy it even then. Some more. Even more. Uh, well, see, I will I will say the one thing that I did like is, you know, we got a lot of crap for not liking Geyser, not being great with Geyser, blah, blah, blah. But in the end, I mean, Joe Zoz's skill tree was pretty much 80% exactly what we said anyway. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're not, like, so far off base that we don't know what we're doing here. Yeah, he just didn't agree with Geyser. Yeah. That's fine. You mm-hmm. know, people are different, Joe Zoz, Okay. And people like Jozo's are wrong, and that's okay. That's okay. And see, I, to defend myself, I don't play a lot much because you're <laughs> supposed to be the expert. So let's take Eric and just chuck him right under the bus. I play her like once every six months, so I, you know, I just went with the flow. You know. There you go. I like it. That's fine <laughs> with me. You know how many buses I've been hit by, Matt? Oh, I'm well aware. Yeah, a lot of buses. <laughs> I've seen it many times, and I've done it a couple times myself too. So it's fine with me. You're, you're still here. You're still That's kicking. Right. You can't stop me now. Yep. So that was this week. Up next week on Tuesday is going to be episode two of the Imposter's Guide to Gaming. Uh, probably going to do a lot of PAX East stuff on that, wouldn't you say? I don't know. No shift codes for golden keys this week. So that leaves us with this week in Gearbox. And what was the big thing this week at Gearbox? PAX oh, East, of course. PAX panel. Dun, 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 dun. Gearbox, they said, this is your opportunity to get behind the scenes. Look at Gearbox Software, Gearbox Publishing, along with the latest news and updates from the makers of Borderlands, Battleborn, Brothers in Arms, and more. We will have never-before-seen reveals, exclusives, and surprises, so don't miss out. So yeah, that was the panel description. Uh, Going to roll right into what actually happened in the panel, get to our thoughts, you know, in the kind of like wrap-up right afterwards. Mm-hmm. They started off with a cosplay dance party, and the three main hosts of the panel were Elisa, Mikey, and Randy Pitchford. Uh, Randy kind of went through his uh, his Unreal Engine 4 demo slash talk from GDC, so if you didn't see that, he gives a nice little recap of a lot of the uh, the technology that they're working with for future games, maybe like Borderlands 3. Then they brought out Randy Varnell to talk about the Battleborn tournament that just happened at the Choctaw Festival of Gaming. Uh, they mentioned Dunk Squad and Lost Heroes, and one point that I got super jealous of was they said, yeah, when they came and were hanging out here at Gearbox, they got a peek at all our upcoming projects, but they can't say anything about them. And I went, oh man, I want a peek. I want to not be able to say anything. Yeah, that would have been great. But, you know, once again, I like getting stabbed in the heart, and it's cool. Let's just keep on trucking. <laughs> God almighty. Uh, Randy Vernell talked about the Battleborn Easter eggs, and then he went through Battleborn by the numbers, all the updates, all the all the you know modes that have dropped since release, all the taunts and skins and all that stuff. I thought it was pretty pretty impressive to see it all just you know, laid out, like they did with the stats for Battleborn Day. Here's the, you know, the spikes we had, here's all that stuff. Oh, and during that whole thing, they gave away Battleborn to everybody in the audience, so yes, congratulations, yes, all you mm. suckers, you now have Battleborn on the PC. Should have been on the that's PS4, right. but that's all right. That's all right. 
hey, we got to be able to match up with that married couple every time we play now. <laughs> it's, it's an official rivalry that they don't even know about. They don't even know. That's right. But we're going to beat them every time we face them. Maybe. That's right. Hope, well, hopefully. We're one for one, so, you know. Rubber match is coming up. Mm-hmm. All right, the next up, they had a little Moxie dating skit. I thought this was this was fun and cute. They had Scooter, Crazy Earl, and Claptrap via satellite. I thought the Moxie was really good, done by Gogo Incognito at the underscore Gogo on Twitter. I thought she did a really good job with this. I mean, her her costume looked great, plus she was actually a really good actress, you know, reading the script out and everything. Mm-hmm. I thought she did a really good job. The Mad Moxie and stuff was pretty cool. I think she also did a really good job and. You know, Crazy Earl out there and Scooter, which I do have to bring up Mikey Newman's point uh, on two regards there. was First off, yeah. yes, it was very strange. You know, Scooter was having a whole shindig with Mad Moxie, who is indeed his mother. And then secondly, the fact that Scooter is dead, but he keeps on talking as Scooter in all these skits uh-huh. and whatnot. So it's like, yeah, you know, that is kind of weird. But, hey, we're just having fun and rolling with it. So telling you, Robo Scooter or Robo Armed Scooter or... They're going to go full liquid snake and put Scooter's arm on some other guy. I'm telling you, Scooter's coming back in some kind of way. The return of Scooter. That'll be all. Borderlands you know, 3, the return of Scooter. That's, that's what the he's whole doing. Plot right the there. return of Scooter. He's misleading us. See, he's saying, oh, you know, I know he's dead and he's never coming back, but it's just fun. And he's really going to come back. See, that's what it'll be. The whole game will be the quest to find the arm inside the, the rocket thing. That crash landed inside a vault on some way distant planet, and then you find his arm and attach it to yourself and become Scooter, and return as Scooter. That's there it is. I called it. Spoiler alert. That's exactly what's happening in Borderlands Three. What a great ending! Catch a ride, and then you just <laughs> that will be it. You just put you just put it on and be like catch a ride. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I don't know where a missile appears and you fly off, blast off into space. That's right. Gone. Done. Next up, they had Steve Gibson with Gearbox Publishing talking about kind of the stuff that uh, I think Randy Pitchford had talked about in that Redbeard interview that you watched, kind of how they're wanting to become a very dev-friendly publishing house, how all the sales for the first, what was it, 100,000 copies of Bulletstorm Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. go straight to People Can Fly, and then they only start taking their cut after that, after you know People Can Fly have already made a big profit on it. So I thought that was really cool. No, very cool of them to do that, you know, and and that's only helping them and attracting, like he was saying, they're trying to do is those other developers out there who need the money to get their game out. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, it makes money for not only People Can Fly, but for uh, Gearbox as well here in the near future. Yeah, I was looking into People Can Fly, too, at work just before we were recording this, because I was like, man, I haven't heard, you know, of them since Bulletstorm Original. And I know that they did Painkiller and stuff. So it looks like they've just been basically working with Epic Games on uh, stuff like Gears of War. I think they have a new game, Fortnite, coming out in association with Epic pretty soon. But hopefully this will kind of give them a boost to do another, you know, game on their own, a full-fledged people-can-fly game. Uh-huh. I'd like to see it. Get an uh, original, another original IP out there and, you know, maybe shoot up. Mm-hmm. Shoot up. Shoot up to the sky, guys. Woo! Then uh, Randy Pitchford started taking over pretty much a lot of the rest of the segments. He was talking about how he and Gearbox are working with Penn & Teller for Penn & Teller's Cruel Virtual Tricks for Real Friends, which sounded A, hilarious, but B, like every reason that I already don't play VR, like 
everyone's like, yeah, play VR. VR is the future. VR is great. I don't trust like the entire rest of the world. If I put a headset on my head, I know somebody's going to like come in my house and smack me in the head. So also having a game that will do bad stuff to you, it sounds like I, I will watch a streamer play this, but I will never play this myself. Yeah, well, it's funny you mention that because that's like a huge discussion all over the places. Those people who are not on board, thus you know, with the VR and whatnot, and it's because of that, mm-hmm. they're terrified of putting themselves into this other world and not being connected in some way, shape, or form with what mm-hmm. the heck's going on outside of the VR. So that's a valid concern, Matt, and a lot of people share it. I mean, when I when I see it, I mean, I know you can put speakers on or whatever but whenever i see anybody do it they you know they're locked in the big headset and they have the giant headphones over their ears what if this is the one time that my house decides to catch on fire or somebody decides to kick my door in and i'm standing here going i'm spinning around in the real life kitchen ha 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 oh stabbed well hopefully you record it because that would be one of the best things i've ever watched <laughs> oh well obviously yeah <laughs> just <laughs> wow, what a great magic. <laughs> but A, that would never happen because of that, and then B, VR is too expensive for me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I don't know. So it won't happen. But anywho, mm-hmm. need him to bring it up. It was I did find it strange. I know, you know, Randy's probably involved in some way, shape, fashion, or form, obviously, mm-hmm. since he brought it all up. But I just found that one a little weird to bring up. It was out of the blue, really. Yeah, it is. And like I said, with my misgivings about VR and all that stuff, I am also kind of interested to see what this turns into because Penn and Teller are super creative and you know if you've ever seen their shows or seen them either their magic show or their tv shows or hear them talk about pretty much anything they're really clever guys and really entertaining so I'm interested to see what kind of unique spin people from outside the video game industry can put on things like this Mm, I agree I mean it can only be good things honestly any yeah. great idea is going to you know, build the system. So, hey, whatever. Mm. More power to them. And they said that, yes, in this VR project, they are going to be making a new Desert Bus, Desert Bus version 1.003. I'm not sure how this one will go over, if this one will be as, uh, as stream-for-charity-able as uh, the original is, because if you're inside a VR headset, it's going to be very boring for you, even if there are guests in the studio. Mm-hmm. Versus the original, where you can just put a TV on, press left or right every now and then. Yeah. Then we got Randy's magic tricks and him memorizing all kinds of numbers of pi. Just some fun, silly stuff to close out the Randy Pitchford segment of the show. At this point in the show, everyone got Bullet Storm as well, and then they showed off a Duke Nukem inside Bullet Storm. Uh, teaser commercial where he was inside Moby Dick. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah, that was that was good marketing right there. When I saw that commercial, I was cracking up. And then I think even Randy was hoping to see some of those other ones. You know, he's oh, what's the uh, other ones? And they didn't, of course, want to reveal them because, you, you know, you want to make your money off the commercials and the surprise. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was sitting there in the same boat going, yes, please, show me the other ones. Said he has a half dozen of them, correct? I think that's what he said. Yeah, I think he said six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because now I'm all like, oh, I just got rid of my cable and I really want to see these commercials. <laughs> oh, that's all right. It'll go on YouTube eventually. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I don't watch hardly any TV and I don't do a lot of like uh, ad enabled web surfing, uh, ad blocker plus. So I was like, man, I'm never going to see any of these. That sucks. 
Right after that, to wrap up the, that part of the show, they had three players competing in the skill shot challenge that they were having on the show floor. They showed all three screens, but you couldn't really get any kind of like in-depth looks at a lot of strategies except for, I think, near the end of that echo map. They kind of focused on one because he was getting the big giant combos and stuff. I thought this was pretty cool. Each of the three players won a, uh, a GeForce graphics card. So fun for them. It was cool to see Bulletstorm in action, too, since the last time we saw it was on the reveal stream that they did for us. Well, what was real nice about it, too, is during it, they were only supposed to give away one to the guy who scored the highest. Or, you know, I think originally they said if they beat if they beat the current high score. I feel like they, well, I mean, they had it, so mm-hmm. you think it would have just gone to the highest anyway. Yeah, but either way, they had one award that they were going to give away to one of the three guys. But Randy was like, you know what? Heck with it. You know, they were brave enough to come on stage and actually sit here in front of all these individuals and compete again. How about we get them all one? And then, of course, Mikey Newman was, you know, out there being a goofball and, you know, finally got his opera moment. So that part was actually pretty cool, too, and got a kick out of that. You mean his Oprah moment? Yeah. You get a GeForce card, you get a GeForce card, and I get a GeForce card. And he Uh, tried to run off with it. It was was pretty clever. And that pretty much wrapped up the inside gearbox panel. Now, I I know what the answer is going to be to this, but what would you think about it, Eric? Well, (sighs) don't be poisoned, Eric. Don't be poisoned. I won't be poisoned. Try and set up a a flare of hope. I I will. Overall, had they not had the three things that I stated when we opened this up, they stated they were going to have the never-before-seen reveals, the exclusives, and surprises, I would have been completely fine because I think the panel, as it was, was fine. Had a cool song in the opening and a lot of cool cosplays and... You know, everybody going back and forth, funny skits. It was a good time had by the Gearbox, you know, guys and gals over there. I appreciate mm-hmm. that, and I understand that. But because of those words and their whole promotion of PAX East, it got me. And, of course, oh, goodness, if you had seen the chat, it got me and a bunch of other individuals thinking that there was going to actually be new content revealed, like some kind mm-hmm. of new thing. And that wasn't the case. And I know... You you know, as you're going to mention in a second, you think Bulletstorm was what they were referring to with the new content. But, of course, we've seen the streams where they actually already did gameplay and did all the other stuff. So for us and those who follow Gearbox to that degree, it wasn't a reveal or anything because we've seen all that. So I would say I don't know if that counts as a big reveal. And my only counter to that is that, you know, we've seen it because we're hardcore fans and you know, we watch their individual stream, but I'm using quote fingers, as I always do. The public hasn't been revealed to the gameplay of it yet. They revealed that the game existed and that they were making it at the Game Awards, but it wasn't, you know, hey, here it is, hands-on, you can play it. It was a trailer, and then, hey, the Duke Nukem little trailer, and then the announcement. It wasn't like on a show floor where people could play it, people could compete in a skill shot challenge or anything like that. So I think it is, I mean, in my mind at least, it's still technically a reveal. So, I mean, I know where people are coming from, where they're frustrated by... By the wording and what you expect, you know? Yeah, by the wording of it. But it's technically right. It is technically right, and that's the funny part. It is technically right, just like the the next one, exclusives. Uh, well, I mean, what, 
exclusives. Once again, I don't know if there's anything. There's the Penn and Teller thing. Mm. I mean, I hadn't heard of that until then. There, there was kind of the first public announcement of their the publishing deal that they have with People Can Fly, because like you said, Randy said it on on a one podcast, podcast mm-hmm. but I don't think that anybody you know I didn't see like a Kotaku article when they were talking about Bulletstorm or that they're getting into publishing like the actual pricing model or however you want to call it. So I think that was yeah, that's exclusive info that if you're not a hardcore super you know follower like we are. You you wouldn't have known, and you got here. I guess, yeah, and, and surprises. Trying to put the shields up. The only surprise I really saw was for those who were there. You know, they received uh, Battleborn on PC. They got Bulletstorm for I'm assuming PC as well. So, for, you know, for mm. anybody who attended that panel, that was pretty cool. You just got two games for coming and hanging out and watching those guys have a good time up on stage. Heck yeah! I mean, that's cool surprises for those that were in attendance. But if you're looking at the overall, you know, what it was, this was supposed to get everybody hyped for, obviously, the Gearbox panel in general, mm. not just those who were in attendance. Mm, surprises, I didn't I didn't really see any surprises. There's nothing that really jumped out. I mean, Bulletstorm's yeah. pretty damn cool. And once again, just like after we watched that stream, watching them play through this and having a good time makes me want to go play that game even more. So I'm like, you know, you're helping get me more pumped for this. So I can't wait, but that's not a surprise. That's nothing like, oh, my God, I didn't expect that. Whoa. Well, I think, again, as far as surprises, if you're a more casual person who doesn't follow Gearbox a lot, maybe some of this stuff is surprising to you. Like, if you didn't watch the Game Awards, you didn't know that they're making Bulletstorm. Or, you know, you do, you, if you don't follow Battleborn, you don't know about the awesome winter update that dropped not too long ago or that all this other, you know, content and all these other changes they've been making to it. I feel like a lot of the, the descriptors that you're saying are kind of not really there would be there if, if you're a more casual fan and you're not, you know, following everything that they're doing like we try to do. So, I, you know... If if you're not keeping up on the podcast or if you're not following Gearbox on Twitter and, you know, watching their Twitch streams and all this stuff, I'm sure a lot of this stuff is just like, whoa, hey, I never expected that. I didn't know anything about that. All I heard was that, you know, Battleborn came out and then went away. And, oh, look, they've still been working on it and making all this stuff. That's a surprise to me. I don't... No, that's true. I, I would agree with you because in the sense that, PAX East is full of crazy folks, people that are in the know, people that aren't in the know, people that have no idea or don't follow Gearbox whatsoever. But, of course, if they're open at that time and have a, hey, we'll go, let's go to the Gearbox panel. we got nothing else to do. This will be fun. Mm-hmm. And, say, well, I guess they're going to get never-before-seen reveals because they haven't followed them at all and go, oh, my gosh, look at this cool game. It's Bulletstorm. I've never even heard of this thing. What? Bam. Never-before-seen reveals. Exclusives. Penn and Teller, this cool magic VR stuff's going to be having that. I can't wait. This is going to be great. Whoa. And then surprises. We get free games, and oh, my gosh, and they did some skits and craziness. Wow. Chock full of crazy things. Randy Pitchford did these cool magic tricks and stuff. It was amazing. Surprise. See, there, there you go. You just you just sold it all right there. there. There were all the things for those casual people. And none of it was just for us, though. So... I guess that's where the sadness comes in. 
I think it also doesn't help that we got super overexcited and kind of really overreached with our expectations because once you see reveals and surprises, you're like, oh, maybe it's going to be that Gearbox Quebec game. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. I I feel like, you know, we haven't been doing this super long. No. So I feel like we're not really in the no-no or in... We're not in tune with the way Gearbox flows yet. And I think this this was the second time we've gotten burned by, you know, the fancy wording and all that and their reveals. Yeah. Yeah, because the first one was when they revealed that they were working on Bulletstorm. Because mm-hmm. Randy was like, hey, a big announcement. And we're like, oh, boy, here comes. Here it comes. Brothers in Arms. Yep. And it was like, well, because we knew about Bulletstorm. We didn't think it was going to be. Yeah, but the average show-watching public didn't. So I feel like we're slowly learning the steps where you have to announce it, and then you reveal it, and then you tease then something Then you support else. it and tease, yeah. And then move on. Then you'll announce that you're going to be that you're working on something, and then the next reveal thing is going to be that thing placed in front of you, or a trailer, or a this or a that. So from now on, whenever I go to Conjecture Land, I'm going to stab myself in the gut a couple times, so that way I'm bleeding out slowly. So I know that I got to keep grounded and keep fast to get back to real life before I die out in Conjecture Land. <laughs> No, Eric. I'm strapping you into that canoe, and I'm putting an outboard motor on that bitch, and we're going straight to Conjecture Land, and I don't care what you say. I'm not letting the wild monkeys. Mm -mm. Well, you know what? You know what's going to happen then is if you're going to be Mr. Oh, well, I think maybe they're going to show a bag of gummy bears that Randy Varnell's going to eat, and I'm just going to go off the deep end. I'm like, this is it. This is it, everybody. Here it comes. Borderlands 3 playable right now. I'll be that guy. There it is. And then everyone will hate me. Yeah. And then everyone will hate you too because you made me do this. Because I made you that guy. There you go. I did it. No, but in all seriousness, I will be reeling back Conjecture Land because I feel like we're getting a better hold on where, how Gearbox works and what they actually, you know, want to reveal, how they reveal things. And I think they go at a very, very, very much slower pace than I originally had thought. (laughs) So I was like, okay, all right. I got this. We can tune this into a more realistic world. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it doesn't help that we're such excited fans. That, oh, it's a reveal. Oh, maybe it's going to be this and this and this and mm-hmm. this. I'm going to hope and dream. And, you know, it's it's 2017, man. The year hopes and dreams. It is. It really is. I'm all swept up in the joy and the magic. So I, I want it to be that way. But, you know, I, I get what you're saying. And it is sad. But I, I like feeling super excited for stuff, even when I am a little bit let down. Yeah, I agree. Overall, I'd rather be excited and get my hopes dashed a little bit than just not ever get excited whatsoever. So uh-huh. I'm in so agreement. Yeah, see, yeah, we're still going to conjecture. That's land. right. We'll we'll keep going to conjecture land. Okay. Oh man, <laughs> I'll, I'll just have to be the one hacking through the underbrush, and then you can like follow along in your like a little protective rubber suit. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, that exactly that. But yeah, if you were watching the chat which I'm sure a lot of you were. You could see a lot of people were just going bananas, wanting Borderlands, Borderlands, Borderlands. Mm. And it just was a very poisonous environment in the chat. So that's partly the reason why where I made my mistake is I watched that chat while we wa- I watched mm. that thing, and you know it, it leached the enjoyment out somewhat. So it's like, oh, dang it, never watch chat, never. You're never supposed to look at the comments or watch the chat, dude. Mm-hmm. Maybe like in the private streams where it's just, you know, all us fanboys, you can do that. Not in a big public one, yeah. Out, out in the wild, out in the, out the wilderness, no, no. Yeah, it was terrible. I got 
dragged through lots of bad things, you know, and it hurt mm-hmm. me, hurt me. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was, I was seeing, you know, I, I saw a couple tweets flying back and forth, people saying, you know, oh man, why are they wasting their time on this instead of making my Borderlands three? What you know, they're spending all their time on X or Y or Z, and I'm sure Randy Pitchford saw. A million times more of that than we ever could have, even if we went and dug oh, for it. Oh, I know it. that poor guy. Goodness. And he, he sent out he did send out three tweets that I do want to read, you know, verbatim here on the show that I thought you know, I retweeted them from the show account because I thought they were really fitting for any of those people out there who have those, you know, specific complaints. So <clears throat> tweet number one. Did you know that it is not merely possible but optimal for Gearbox developers to work on different projects? Tweet number two, did you know that while the Battleborn team rages on, the very vast majority of Gearbox developers are working on unannounced projects? Tweet number three, did you know that the Gearbox publishing team is completely independent from the Gearbox software development team? So again, this is what we said, what was it, last week, maybe the week before. If you think that a software developer can only work on one project at a time, you really need to expand your thinking. That'd be like you know, us going into the company where we work and, well, the only thing we're doing is the thing that we print right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the only project for the entire company for the entire day. No, every company's got teams and squads and, you know, divisions here. And he, Stam and Bill are working on that over there. Well, we're working on Battleborn or Bulletstorm or, you know, whatever it is, whatever company it is. So people really need to expand their thinking. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Well, they just... Unfortunately, you know, they sit at home and the only thing they can think of, and I, I get it. Oh, they, they all work in this little building. They're all, you know, all 40, 50, 60, 70, however many of them there are. Oh, they just sit there and, and they're all working on Borderlands 3. And then Randy comes in and he says, hey, I need 20 of you off the game. And now you're going to go work on Battleborn, this new idea I got. No, that's not how that goes. You know, there's different divisions, like you said. There's... Hey, I need to put together a team. Let's hire a brand new developer. Let's hire an artist. We need to get this and this. Yeah, you guys stay over there with your Borderlands, and I'm putting together this new team to work on this this new IP. Oh, here we go. I mean, these aren't the Atari days when you'd have like a team of three guys working on one game, mm-hmm. but it's an entire company, and they have a whole satellite office in Quebec. Those guys are probably working on something completely different and or multiple completely different things. I know we're we're only one small podcast. We can't get out to everybody out there, but I I don't know where this small compact idea of a video game developer comes from. But you need to just blow that up and realize that things are different from how you think they well, are. Well, and you got another thing I hear a lot is, "Well, I know, I know that uh you know, there's different teams working on different projects, but if they'd have just skipped that stupid failed project, they could have doubled down on this particular game. No, you can't have 20 artists all going, no. button heads fighting over who's drawing what, who's that. You get nowhere. You have to assign mm-hmm. a couple, like one leader and a couple like-minded individuals. Or they, you know, they don't even have to be like-minded, but there has to be a leader and there has to be a few people to support that leader, and then they give you a direction. You know, if you're like, oh, hey, hey, lead artist, hey, another lead artist, oh, hey, all you subordinates, I want to do this. Well, I like this, and I want to do this. Oh, and it gets all muggled and muddy and disgusting, and it goes for everything. Or we have 14 people who are really good at shading, and we don't have any room on the team for the people who are good at all the other things or, you know, whatever it is. Just because you put more heads into a project doesn't mean it's going to get done any quicker. 
that's not true. how that works. Yeah. So please, please relax. Yeah, I mean, I, I know most people who are listening to this are, are calm, mellow, understanding fellows. But I, I just feel the need to say, have the words come out of my mouth, have that just go, Bleh, okay, it's out in the world now. That's why we have I a podcast. not stress out about it Because then we can just say it, and a few people will hear, bam, mm. get to do it. And at least, at least I got that little monkey off my back. Because mm-hmm. having the 900-pound Yakuza gorilla and that little guy going, it's too much. Yeah, well, he too pisses much. the 900-pound girl off, and then he's you know, juggling him around, he's punching in the head, you can't focus. It's not good. So, yeah, I think that wraps up our discussion with the Inside Gearbox panel and its aftermath and the, the troublesome people who have surrounded it and created a lot of toxicity there. Unless you have anything else you want to say. I did. I want to add in, with what they talked about and what they were showing with Bulletstorm, I once again... Like I said earlier, I'm glad that they did talk about it because, hey, guess what? It looks like a pretty dang cool game. And there's a lot of work that went into that sucker being redone as it was. And that whole stream, the the competition, it looked like uh, I went over to Rika Confesses and she had a video of inside the Bulletstorm actual show. Mm-hmm. You know, where everybody was playing and competing for the competition and Alyssa, and then we're up on stage talking and doing their thing, shoutcasting. And it looked like people were, like, enjoying it. There's a lot of people online. There's tons of them already seated, obviously, playing the game. And I was like, oh, sweet. Nice. You know, hopefully people are getting into it. And I've seen a lot of tweets afterwards that have been retweeted by various uh, Gearbox developers stating, you know, they, they loved the way it looked. They loved the way it felt and played. They can't wait to buy it. So... You know, that got me like, oh, yeah, great. You know, they did a good job. They they promoted the game. They got people in there, people talking about it. So hopefully it means nothing but success. And another thing I just thought of while you were mentioning all that stuff is, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what their exact advertisements are going to be for this game, but I think you could take a lot of the footage of even just the Echo Maps, all the different score attack ways you can do things like the big giant combos, mm-hmm. throw throw a lot of that into the ad versus, you know, most stuff's like, hey, here's the story and here's a gruff guy and here's a gun and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah, if you showed off a lot of the, even if it's just, like I said, specifically from the score attack Echo Maps, show all that crazy combo gameplay I think that would sell a lot more than just, you know, kind of like the default advertising model, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Because watching the score attacks, I was like, damn, that looks like a lot of fun. This is the kind of stuff that I really like to do. Mm-hmm. Like I've talked about before with some of the other score attack type games. Even Yakuza's got it. And the brawling, if you do better, you get ching all these little combo bonuses on the side. And it's just like, yeah, I did it. Oh, I got the thing. And on top of it all, they like you mentioned earlier, they showcased some of that Duke Nukem. In there. Oh, they did. Nice. And oh my gosh, was it good? It's so good. It's awesome. He gets up. You weren't even a Jesus, dude. Whatever, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Like all the. Mm-hmm. It's just. Oh, I don't know how to explain it. Just go check that out because it was awesome. And then they also nice. did a little interview with um, uh, one of the producers. She's one of the two pr- main producers for this who did a lot of the writing. And she said that uh, he breaks the fourth wall a lot, you know, and and just has a good old time with it all. So that just nice. got me super pumped to immediately be like, oh, I got to play as Duke Nukem first time through for sure, just because that's going to have me cracking up the whole way through. Tying up PAX East in a nice big bundle, 
We're going to move on to the battle plan for this week because we do actually still have the battle plan yeah, to get to. Yeah, there is a battle plan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was like the biggest This Week in Gearbox segment I think we've ever done for the show, like 95% of the show. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> so basically, in the battle plan, they start off with, hey, guess what? We were at PAX East, boys and girls. Well, we just discussed PAX East with all of you. I think we can skip right through that and head into hot fixes. Yep, hot fixes this week, mostly, uh, you know, just a couple bug fixes, especially around the Heart of Echinar story op. The Astanti Name Eater, they raised his HP and the uh, the initial damage threshold on him because apparently if you were super on the ball, you could kill him before he was supposed to get killed. So they have went ahead and fixed that. They've also fixed a bug, which I think you and I ran into on one or two of our playthroughs, where one of the loot chests spawned underground. Mm-hmm. Like, I specifically remember some kind of thing where there was, hey, go get the thing, and the marker pointed at the earth, and it was like, well, where to go? Here. Nothing. It's, yeah. it's gone. I do remember that. It didn't bug me that much, but I'm glad they fixed it because, hey, loot is loot, man. Mm-hmm. And then for the legendary item, the Stolen Edge of Arkvenor, the legendary effect apparently lasted longer than intended, so they went ahead and fixed that bug too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not a whole lot in the hot fixes, but a little bit of something. And of course. In case you don't know, the cues this weekend are going to be the same. So right. make sure to get in there and play. We still have to do a duo, uh, the duo cue. But that's on Wednesday. We can't do it. Well, we just got to suck it up and, like, I don't know, man, just play, like, at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and then I can just be miserable the next we day. We totally could have done it last night because I got out early. Yeah, you're right. Well, oh, I didn't think about it, though. But, yeah, as usual... Versus draft on Saturday, solo duo queue on Wednesday, and special for this weekend, Warfare Rumble is going to be launching on Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, running through Monday at, at 8 a.m. Pacific Time as well, and that's going to be, have increased damage and lifesteal and no shields. So they said if you want a really extreme low time to kill, you know, basically this is going to be like your Call of Duty Battleborn, kind of like, you know, that's the impression that I've always gotten on it. If you If you're up for that, this this is going to be the queue for you. I, I'm probably not going to be playing this queue a lot. I was going to say the exact same thing. I was very excited for those that dig this kind of thing, but the per, the oh, yeah. only reason I play Battleborn, to be quite frank, is because there is time to kill. So you can run away. You can counter. You, can, you have a chance to do something. I'm old. Yeah. I'm slow. My eyes aren't what they were. You know, <laughs> My coordination's off. I need a moment to go, oh, jeez, I'm getting punched in the face, and then react. All these young bucks, you know, all their little Twitch craziness going on. I can't compete with that. I'm garbage in Call of Duty and games like that. So when they said, oh, you're going to be able to instantly kill somebody, I'm like, oh, I'm instantly not going to play. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly decent at those kind of games, but I really have to be in the right mood or mindset for it. And I'm not in that mood or mindset a whole lot. But this, while I was thinking about this at work while I was writing up the show notes, I was thinking, man, this is maybe going to be the one situation if we're playing Warfare Rumble and it's, I mean, they don't, they don't specify what modes this is going to be, but I, I'm imagining if you're playing Warfare Rumble and it's on an incursion, this is going to be the one time I'm going to vote for surrender. Because if they blow up your sentry, they're going to be sitting there at your remaining sentry, and as soon as you walk out, you'll be dead. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, look, it's going to be a marquee and a thorn, and they're just going to be sitting there pointing at the entryway. Pop, pop. Like, dead. Pew-poo, dead. Pew-poo, dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know how, how extreme the damage is going to be or anything, but... I doubt it is as extreme as we're talking about. 
I'm pretty sure it won't be that bad. But they are the snipers, so they do this, you know, the high high damage. Anyway, yeah, I get so. what you're saying. Obviously, we're going to play it because wow, that would be terrible of us, man. You know, oh yeah, it's a cool new mode they introduced. It'd be fun. Yeah, I didn't touch it. I didn't touch it. What happened? What Was it good or bad? It? I'm pretty uh, sure it would have been okay. Exactly. Yeah, so we'll be in there as much as we're talking trash and being sad bananas about it. But see, maybe we can we'll team up with Sean and we can all be. Actually, that was that was my idea. It was you know we're gonna get Sean involved because then we can blame Sean if we do poorly. So exactly. Yes. We'll be his gorillas, Matt. We'll jump on his back and. <laughs> That's good. I like it. And then when things aren't going the way we want, we just jump off and leave and, you know, just blame him for it all. It's great. <laughs> Sit there, pound on his back. Damn it, Sean. Be better. <laughs> be better. Okay, bye. Uh, so, no, it should be fun. Except for yeah. it probably won't be because I'll get angry like I do, you know. It would be fun for me then because I can at least laugh at That's that. That's true. Somewhat while I am still angry too. I don't know. So check it out, everybody. I'm sure there's a lot of you who will really love this. Oh, mode yeah, for sure. And will really love killing us over and over and over again. But you know what? Probably that married couple is going to oh, jump in. Oh, no. The and they're going to get up on us with this Warfare Rumble. Oh, that'll be so sad. Now you just, that's <laughs> manifest destiny, Matt. Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> Thanks a bunch. Well, here, let's cheer up by just jumping into the community spotlight where they had some really good cosplay. Jessalyn Cupcake was at PAX East in her Beatrix cosplay, and her husband, Scott, uh, they didn't say his last name, so maybe he's Scott Cupcake. He was there as Marquis with uh, Houdini and a Bindlebane and everything. Mm-hmm. I thought these two looked pretty cool. Yeah, it's a pretty cool last name, Cupcake. Uh, you know, Scott Cupcake and Jessalyn Cupcake. Boom. That's right. Beautiful. No, they did a wonderful job. I mean, I was like, holy oh, yeah. cow. The Bindlebane was freaking sweet. Obviously, we've seen her and her Beatrix get up before and that was mm. like holy goodness and then once again seeing her live there with randy in the picture that was pretty cool definitely well deserved you know they got to go have a blast i'm sure and you know obviously they just met the head of gearbox i'm like oh man dang mm. gotta work on my cosplay costume matt <laughs> i'm a bald fat man of randy <laughs> i got pipe cleaner arms <laughs> string to my regular arms i'm just gonna be a boulder uh, just Here put a go. giant stump on my bald head. It'll be fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can't grow your beard out that long, though. Uh, you know. Uh, I'll have to go buy a Santa Claus beard and dye it. There you go. See? Yeah, that's not bad. I got this. I got this. I'll just be Atticus. I can, I can slap my belly. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> just paint myself red. Just get some crappy cardboard. <laughs> just rig no, it that's up what it would be too. <laughs> Spray paint it. It's like it's hodgepodge and watery and runny. And <laughs> I'll put on my yellow winter glove that I have. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I don't think we're going to get anywhere near Randy Pitchford and those. <laughs> Actually get kicked out of yeah. packs. You're not allowed in looking like that, you freaks. Come on. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm glad they got mm-hmm. to meet Randy Pitchford and have a good time there. It made me dream once again about finally getting off my butt and buying one of these tickets before they're already sold out and go uh-huh. to these dang events. I'll just take it out of the kids' college fund, so that should work. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. What do they need it they for? They don't need to go to college. It's ridiculous. They can take out loans like the rest of us. Yeah, just like their dad did. Anyway, closing out the battle plan, <laughs> we've got one more big meaty lore segment, uh, Dark, Dark Space Operations Volume 2 with all the new characters that we were introduced to 
in the last battle plan, and also, of course, Captain Shane and Arendi basically crash landing on a dark space planet. I thought this was pretty cool. What'd you think about the lore, Eric? Hey, I was digging it. I'm liking the story they're telling, and I still stand by they're prepping up for something. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm sticking by it, even though I was way off and thinking they would announce Season 2 at the PAX East, obviously. I still Mm -hmm. believe that there's something to this cool new story that they're telling, because they're going way in-depth. It's got a whole ring to it, a whole thing. It's obviously going towards some cool reveal or conclusion that I think is going to be the jump that we're looking for into the next whatever story, season two, whatever it is they got planned for Battleborn. Yeah, and especially this this lore segment where they're on like the dark planet and they're like, yeah, everybody suit up and we'll, we'll move out slowly from the crashed ship. I was definitely picturing like... Uh, Ah, uh, what was it? Uh, I think the the end of Mass Effect Two, where there's that bit where your biotic person has to, you know, create a big shield mm-hmm. and you have to walk in walk it. inside of it. I was, yep. Yeah, I was picturing something like that with like Boulder holding up like a light. Well, not Boulder. I guess he's it would not be there. Shane mm-hmm. and Oryx or whoever holding up like a light generating dome thing, and you have to stay inside the light or else you'll get you know super damaged. And then oh no, here's a Varelsi this or a Varelsi that or a you know, whatever kind of enemies jumping inside the dome and you got to keep moving but fighting the enemies. It really kind of sparked off some... I, I thought that'd be a fun story. Op. Hey, here's an expedition over here, expedition over there, expedition over here, finding new things. The only curious part would be is that Arendi can see in it. So, like, yeah. if you played Arendi, would you then be able to see through it or what? That would be freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. You get, like, pre- you get like predator vision outside the dome. Uh-huh. You see, like, the little things. Oh, and you'd see, like, the... Like the little Varelsi portal or the, you know... The, yep, so uh, you'd be able to shoot at it even though no one else can see where any of this stuff is coming from. Uh, all the little secret sneaky-poo stuff where you could just, like, sneak around and get, you know, the the Borderlands 3 Easter Egg version 2.0 oh, or you know, whatever there you it is. go. Ah. Nice. Good thinking, dude. So, who knows? We'll see. Maybe we're going too far with that. Maybe it's nothing, Matt. It's just a story. Oh. More creative ideas. Put creative ideas in my brain, and now I've put them out to the masses. That's right. And you've done the same. Bam. I I fell right back into it. God dang it. See? Look (laughs) at that. Positive Jones. Here we go. Reeling you back in. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, that's it for this week in Gearbox. And the battle plan, the only thing we've got left is... Oh, do we have some mail, Matt? Is that even possible? Oh, let me get this this letter open. let Let me look and see who this is from. This question comes to us from our buddy Sean Haggerty at 10K Beers on Twitter. And I responded to this a little bit, but I wanted to get your feedback and thoughts on it too. Um, his question is, do either of you ever report players for, for idle or for leaving the match early? What is the etiquette? Does it even accomplish anything? Thoughts, Eric? Uh, I generally don't, um, to be truthful about it. I've noticed when they go AFK or they're being idle on the back end, mm-hmm. but... I don't do anything about it. I just play the match to the best of my ability, even if we're on a sinking ship, as we always do. And, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Uh, Do I think I should? Yeah, probably. But I just feel like I could use my time better by getting down back into the fight, trying to put something together. Because if your Mm -hmm. team's working decently together, you don't need all five of you to win. I've been in a match where we don't even need all four. You know, there's been times where there's three of us in there and we're holding our own against the other five. So, true, true. I tend to just fight the best fight I can and keep going. As for etiquette, when to report them, that's hard to say because you know you don't know their lives. Maybe they've got a kid that's like 
got his head stuck in a corner or something, or choking on a carrot. Timmy's stuck in a log. I stuck my head in a bucket, Ma. I stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It happens. And so now he's over there. I just wanted to play some Battleborn. Gosh dang it, Tommy. And he's pulling the bucket off, and he's trying to get back, and it takes like two minutes, and he pops back in. Oh, look, he got reported for being AFK. They threw him out of the match, and now he's got a, a check mark against him. Mm. Totally not his fault. You know, you have to get your kid's head out of a bucket. You can't just let him walk around like a fool. He's not going to starve in there. Well, It's only like a 30-minute match. No, but he's, he's terrified and crying and walking into walls. It's a bad scene. That's your punishment for sticking your head in the bucket. I would agree. You don't want to be I terrified. Don't stick your head in the terror bucket. So etiquette, it's hard to tell because you don't know what's happening on the other end for that individual. Most of the time, you're probably right. He's just being lazy, hoping to get a win off the other four. And if not a win, just experience in general. He, don't, he she doesn't care, obviously. But uh, if you are the type who wants to report because they're not doing their part, I would say two minutes, I think, is legit. Okay. What about you, man? I didn't see your reply, so I don't know. Tell me and tell the other listeners who don't actually get on the Twitters and the Facebooks and and go, oh, look what Matt said today. Wow. Hey, everybody should do that. Follow me at the real Doc Funky. But <laughs> for anybody who didn't see my reply, and, and I did kind of just fire off a quick reply and not really discuss it a lot. Uh, for me, I only report if they're doing all three haggard things all together, which is 90% of the time. And what I mean is I you know will be losing by a small amount. And let's say this marquee, you know, he sees we're losing a little bit. He'll vote for a surrender. It'll fail. Then he will drop from the match. Then he'll come back in because you can't just queue up for another match. You can't do anything until that is over, exactly. And then he'll sit there and dance around in the base and then call for another surrender. It'll fail. He'll drop. He'll come back. He'll dance around in the base. Call, drop, dance. Call, drop, dance. If he's doing all three of those things... He always gets reported, and just like you said, I'm not. I don't like sit out there, out in the field, and report. I'll I'll fight away, and the instant that I'm dead and have to go respawn, that's when the report gets dropped in. So for me, I know I saw like Jozo's was saying, hey, if you shoot a message to him, hey, why are you AFK? You know, and he does or doesn't respond. That's kind of how he waits it. I think for me, you've got to be doing a number of haggard things all in a row for me to report you. If you just disappear. Just like you said, I, who knows what could happen? Maybe his power got shut off. Maybe his house is on fire. Maybe somebody kicked the door in because he thought he was playing a VR game instead of Battleborn. I mean, you never know what's happening. But if he's obviously being, if he's being, you know, a, a real douche about it, like I said, he just wants you to quit and he's going to ruin the time you have left in the match until it's over or you do quit for him. That's when I drop a report in. That's actually a smart move there, buddy. I forget about those guys and gals because I try to block them out of my, you know, my memory mm-hmm. because they make me angry, and I don't like to be angry. So <laughs> I feel I feel like we haven't gotten nearly as many lately. No, I agree. So I mean, maybe somebody will drop, but then it feels like ninety percent of the time they come right back in and then start playing again. So mm-hmm. I haven't seen someone like that in quite a while. Well, I would have to agree with you though. If I did see him do all those things, I would probably take the time to stop and report him. Then at that point, mm. but. Yeah, I don't ever, gosh, I don't ever pay attention really except for when they're being annoying like that, but I haven't had that in a long time. I feel like I haven't really seen that happen 
uh, except for back when we were playing with Player X and everybody else at the time. I think for a li- for a little while afterwards, there were, there were still those people. Like I remember one Galt especially. He would just sit there holding his shotgun button down, so he wouldn't. He wasn't idle. Quote fingers, mm-hmm. but like we said, it's been clearing up lately. So maybe maybe just the community is weeding itself out. Yeah, that's true. So there you go, Sean. Couple minutes if they're just chilling. But if they're doing all three, feel free to report mm. away. If they're doing all three, then feel free. Oh, beautiful. Making that money. Perfect. Look at that. I like it. If anybody else has any mailbag questions, you can email them to us at info at thirdshift.me. You can tweet them at us at thirdshiftme, or you can find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Heck yeah. And we got ourselves a little old Patreon out there who many of you have been supporting, and we are very much appreciative of that. Oh, yeah. It's been definitely very good to know that you guys appreciate us that much that you'd actually give us your hard-earned, well-fought-for money. Because trust us, we know how valuable that extra buck is. I scrounge around for an extra buck all the damn time, so I know. (laughs) And I definitely want to shout out our buddy Steve Cadwallader, Mm -hmm. at Code Cadwallader on Twitter, who upped his monthly donation really big this month. So definitely super appreciate that. Thank you so much. As uh, we always say, it gives us the motivation to just keep rocking it out. We do appreciate any and all Patreon donations, and we just appreciate the love, guys. I mean, if you if you don't want to donate to us, uh, give us a shout-out on Twitter. You know, just say, hey, send us some questions, send us some feedback. Hey, give us a rating and review on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podomatic. We upload to YouTube, Google Play Music as well, so throw us a like or a subscription on any one of those platforms because we really appreciate it. And this podcast drops every Friday, so we'll be back in your ear holes again on the 24th of March for our very next episode. Hey, and as we always say, that five stars on iTunes is golden, golden, golden. And for people like Sean who got Android phones and can't figure out how to get to iTunes and give us that five stars, I don't know what to tell you because I don't know how to use a phone. That's true. Hey, I do actually want to shout out our buddy Jozo's. As much beef as you had with him earlier in the week over your Alani deep dive, his review, his five-star review, did actually get posted on iTunes. So thank you to Joe. We really appreciate it. I'm glad it got posted before he started ripping into you on that, or else we might have gone down to like two or one stars. I don't know. I'm just saying. You know what they say, if you ain't giving me shit, you don't love me. So that just shows that Jozo's loves me. That's what that shows. (laughs) See, I thought you were going to go in a different direction and say, oh, it's a good thing it got in before he could change it. And he would say, you know what they say? It's too late to apologize. It's too late. <laughs> yes. That's also very, very applicable. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that wraps it up, dude. Yeah, it does. Hey, well, with that being said, everybody, we can't wait to see and hear from you over the week. And we look forward to seeing you next time. But until then... Uh, don't forget don't to save. Don't forget to save. Oh, don't forget to save. <laughs> don't forget to save, you guys. Shut up and sit down.